Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. You can learn more about the program and our church when you visit walkintruth.com. Now here's part two of Pastor Michael's teaching in Philippians 2, 17 through 30, called Joy and Honor in Serving. I wanted my life to last I wanted my legacy, and not just my legacy, but my work and what I pour into to count for something beyond this temporal life. Amen? Drink offering, spendo, is really this idea of a animal sacrifice. What they would do is they would put like a lamb or a bull, if you will, on the altar of burnt offering, etc. And the smoke would be going up to God. And they would take a portion of wine and add it to the sacrifice. That's a drink offering. It's a bit of a mysterious offering where a lot of the offerings, you can clearly connect them to Christ, like the burnt offering, the peace offering, etc. The drink offering is a little bit more mysterious, but it was literally wine added to another sacrifice. And here's what would happen. Kind of like if you were barbecuing in your backyard and you had some stuff on the grill, let's say the fire got really hot, and you sprayed some water on it or poured some water, the steam that goes up into the air is this idea of the drink offering. It's a life that is poured out to God. And you can pour yourself into a lot of things in this life, amen? There are things that will consume your time. You can spend all day on social media. You can spend, you know, the bulk of your life working at an office, whatever, whatever it is that you do. And I'm not saying that that's bad. But I'm saying ultimately for believers, we want to live our lives for what will count for eternity. This is the drink offering. So now Jacob's name has been changed from his will to God's will. Fits really well with the idea of the drink offering. And God also said to him after renaming him to Israel, I am God Almighty, be fruitful and multiply. A nation, a company of nations shall come from you. Kings shall come forth from you. The land which I gave to Abraham and Isaac, I will give it to you. And I will give the land to your descendants after you. Then God went up, verse 13, from him in the place where he had spoken with him. And Jacob set up a pillar in the place where he had spoken with him, a pillar of stone. And he poured out a drink offering on it. He also poured oil on it. And so Jacob named the place where God had spoken with him, Bethel. If you just look at that name, Beit or Beth is the word for house in Hebrew, and El is the name of God. So the name means house of God. And so this is a poignant moment for Jacob where I think, thinking about the drink offering, you think about Jacob saying, oh, if you've renamed me to God prevails, I'm going to do this ceremony, if you will, to represent my life being poured out in service now to your will and not my will. That is a huge turning point for every believer to come to, where you finally say to the Lord, it is no longer going to be my will. It's going to be your will. And there are scholars that differ on what the drink offering imagery means for Paul. Did he think he was about to die and pour out his life? Possibly. There are others that see the drink offering as more about his service in serving the gospel and serving churches. Just so you can get a picture of the drink offering, just go to Numbers. So Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers 15. 
just quickly so I want you to get a picture of how this worked. This is one of several sections I could take you to. But Numbers 15, fourth book of your Bible, the Lord speaks to Moses and says, Numbers 15, 2, speak to the sons of Israel and say to them, when you enter the land where you are to live, which I am giving you, then make an offering by fire to the Lord, a burnt offering, Numbers 15, 3, or a sacrifice to fulfill a special vow or as a free will offering, uh, or in your appointed times to make a soothing aroma to the Lord from the herd or from the flock. The one who presents his offering shall present it to the Lord, a grain offering of one-tenth of an ephah of fine flour mixed with one-fourth of a hin of oil. You shall prepare, prepare wine for the drink offering, one-fourth of a hin with the burnt offering or for the sacrifice for each lamb. And then he's going to talk about uh, an offering of a bull. And it, here's what it looks like. The bigger the animal, the more wine. In Jewish uh, culture, wine represents joy and life. And this fits really well with our text in Philippians. It's kind of like this. When my life is being poured out as a drink offering to the Lord, the steam arises with the, if the sacrifice of Christ, if you will. That's already paid for our salvation. But now my service goes on top of that. I work out what God has worked in me. And my life becomes a sweet smelling aroma to the Lord, wrapped in this idea of the joy of the drink offering. Here's the thing. Back to Philippians, and let me just round out the thought. You're going to find something in life that may surprise you. You're going to find that the greatest joy is in serving God and others. The more you are consumed with self, I would argue the more miserable you will be. If you want to revive your spiritual life, if you want to revive, revive dryness or whatever it might be, whatever you would describe it, if you're at a low point in your walk with the Lord, I would argue that you start serving God and others, dive into the deep end, if you will, and you're going to find more joy in your life. Now, I will balance this out by telling you that serving God and serving others does make you feel spent at times. I'm in the ministry. I know what it's like to give myself away consistently. But here's what I found. I give myself away and the Lord keeps filling me up. The joy of the Lord, Nehemiah 8.10, is my strength. It doesn't mean I'm not tired at times. It doesn't mean like I don't have my moments where I think I should get a real job. <laughs> Quote, unquote. That's a joke. But anyway, <laughs> but you get the point. Yes, you do get tired. Yes, it can be a challenge. But I found that every time I need the supernatural resources of God, he fills my cup. But he doesn't fill it so that I'll just be filled. He fills it so that I can overflow into the lives of others. Amen? So that's something I would challenge you with, is to be thinking about your life being God-governed as a drink offering. Lord, who do you want me to pour into this week? And I would also encourage you to think about the thought of joy, because even though we talked about working out your salvation with fear and trembling, I want you to see how Paul talks about joy. In uh, 17, he talks about, I rejoice and share my joy with you all. In 18, Philippians 2, 18, he says, and you too, I urge, rejoice in the same way and share your joy with me. And so here's the thing. Here's a practical application. Maybe this week you could think about, how could I share my joy with someone? Maybe the typical sharing you do is not joy. Maybe it's 
something else. Maybe it's more negative. How could you share your joy this week with someone else? Maybe it's a text message. Maybe you would say something like this. I'm rejoicing that you're in my life. I'm, I'm rejoicing in what God has done in your life, what I've seen. And, and maybe they'll share some joy back with you. You can see the mutual sharing of joy. Pour it out is the idea. Do you know the Bible says that the Messiah, Jesus, this is Hebrews 1.9, if you're taking notes, quoting from Psalm 45, 6 and 7, says of Messiah that he had the oil of gladness or joy above his companions. So while Jesus was a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief, Isaiah 53, he also had the oil of joy above those around him. We often think, you know, we know the Bible says if we looked into a crowd, Jesus wouldn't have a halo. He wouldn't be easily identifiable from the outside or the exterior. But one thing that exuded from his life was joy. And I want that to be true of me. Amen? In fact, joy is one of the fruits of the Spirit. And so as we walk with the Lord, I think we're going to find that we can share mutual joy with one another. In fact, I would argue that that's one of the beauties of being a Christian, is to share the joy of the Lord with others. Amen? Especially those who know that joy as well. Now, we'll move a little more quickly here as we move to the next. We, we've dealt with Paul being a drink offering, that metaphor. Now we go to Timothy. I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Philippians 2.19, Timothy to you shortly. Timothy's name means honored, uh, honoring God or honored God. So a great name. I, sent, I hope to send him to you shortly so that I may also, also may be encouraged when I learn of your condition. Now, Paul, in sending Timothy, would give up something very important. When you were in Roman imprisonment, they did not give you three squares and a cot and cable TV. If you were going to eat in Roman imprisonment, others who loved you had to bring you food. This is the way it worked. And if you didn't have someone bring it to you who loved you, you're dead. So Timothy was with Paul. And for Paul to send Timothy would be a great sacrifice. Because he would lose someone who was obviously ministering to his needs while he was under some form of Roman imprisonment. Why would Paul do this? He says in verse 20, I have no one else of kindred spirit. Only place in the, in the New Testament where you find this word. Literally, he's a soul brother who will genuinely be concerned for your welfare. I have no one else who I could feel a confidence in sending that I know would be genuinely concerned for you and not themselves. For they all, and here's other teachers, maybe teachers in Rome, maybe those who were motivated by self-interest as we saw in chapter one, maybe uh, Judaizers as we'll learn in chapter three, they seek all after their own interests and not those of Christ Jesus. It seems that the typical MO, even of so-called preachers, is often self-interest. And that's sad. We are to live for the interests of Christ and we're, we're to put others' interests above ourselves as we started the chapter with that idea. Timothy is a man I could send, Paul says, and I have confidence that he would represent me well. In fact, Timothy 
It says here, you know of his proven worth. And this is what I would say is when we're working out our salvation, we're going to prove it over consistency over time. You know of Timothy's proven worth that he served with me in the furtherance of the gospel like a child serving his father. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Hello, I'm Rob Newton, producer of Walk in Truth with Pastor Michael Lance. Thank you to all our Walk in Truth partners for your financial support. We are over halfway through this year, and you have raised over $30,000 to support our mission of being on the radio and podcast equipping people with God's truth. Now, we have more opportunities to broadcast Walk in Truth on more radio stations. That means we can serve more communities with Pastor Michael's unique way of teaching through the Bible. Radio is still strongly used by people all over the world. Not everyone gets to use podcast and stream on their phone, but radio in a car or at home is still free for listeners. Most listeners who reach out to Walk in Truth are listening on the radio. Now our audience is growing, and so are the opportunities. We would love to expand the program, and we need your help to do it. It costs thousands of dollars for airtime, and we could use more Walk in Truth partners. Are you blessed by Pastor Michael's teachings? Are you learning? Are you being challenged? We hope to reach more people like you. Would you please consider becoming a $20 monthly Walk in Truth partner? We are looking for at least 200 more listeners to help continue our mission to equip the body of Christ. Right now, our church and current Walk in Truth partners help pay the bills, but we would like to become fully funded by listeners. This will make it so what we have from the church can be used for expansion. Please sign up to become a Walk in Truth partner on walkintruth.com and click donate or call 844-48-TRUTH. Again, become a $20 monthly partner by visiting walkintruth.com and click donate or call 844-48-TRUTH. We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walkin' Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walkin' Truth. In fact, Timothy, it says here, you know of his proven worth. And this is what I would say is, when we're working out our salvation, we're going to prove it over consistency over time. You know of Timothy's proven worth that he served with me in the furtherance of the gospel like a child serving his father. I have three boys. I'm blessed to have three boys who know the Lord. And I have confidence that if I sent one of my sons to represent me, they would represent me well. That's a great blessing. But I also have many people in this congregation, both male and female, but I'll stick with the son analogy, spiritual sons, if you will, whom I could send in my name And feel a confidence that they would represent me well. I'm not making it about me. I'm just giving you an an image that you can understand here. That we can kind of go with the text. A confidence that I could send someone out in in representing living truth. Or representing my name or the elders, etc. And they would represent us well. And the reason that Timothy could do that is because Paul had mentored him. So I'm going to give you something else about thinking about working out your salvation. Another practical. Every Paul needs a Timothy. Every Timothy needs a Paul. What do I mean? I mean that you should be mentoring someone in your life and someone should be mentoring you. Amen? It needs to come both directions. And this is how you get poured into and pour out. 
You need to have a Timothy and a Paul in your life and even have a Barnabas. Barnabas was an encourager. Amen. Always good to surround yourself with encouragement as well. So think about that. That's, that's ways that you work out your salvation with fear and trembling and with great joy. You don't make it about your own interests. Heard a story about a lady who lived in a big city neighborhood. It was all going downhill very fast, overcrowded, noisy, dirty. It was a bad situation. So the woman decided that she would do something about it. She knew that money would be required to change the situation. So she started a fundraising drive. She called people, sent letters, got some financial support from a private foundation. She finally raised $85,000 and then used the money to move out of the neighborhood. That's looking out for your own personal interest <laughs> instead of the interests of others. But Timothy had proved himself. Under Paul's tutelage, he was a soul brother, a kindred spirit. And Paul had confidence in him. And he said, I hope to send him immediately as soon as I see how things go with me. Paul didn't know which way it was going to go before the emperor. And I trust in the Lord, 24, that I myself also shall be coming shortly. So there's Timothy. Paul, a drink offering unto the Lord. Timothy, available. Uh, availability is a key way to work out your salvation. Just be available to God. That was Timothy. You want me to go, Paul? I'll go. You want me to represent you over here? You can't go. You're in prison right now. I'll go. That is an awesome thing. And I see a lot of that beauty among this fellowship. 25, the third uh, man working out his salvation with joy and fear is Epaphroditus. I thought it necessary to send to you Epaphroditus. That's a Gentile name, by the way. I would imagine that if you're new to the things of the Lord, to the Bible, you may have never heard of this man before. I would imagine that if I took a microphone out on the street and I said, tell me something about Epaphroditus, people would be going, Epaphroditus who? And I would think that maybe even in churches, maybe not a lot of us know about this man. But this Gentile, he might just have been a congregation member, a lay leader, if you will. Maybe he was the pastor of the church. We don't know. He gets one of the highest uh, grades, if you will, from the Apostle Paul. Notice how he's described. And his name means lovely or charming. I thought it necessary to send to you Epaphroditus. Notice five descriptions. He's my brother, my fellow worker or co-laborer too. He's my fellow soldier or warrior. He's also your messenger, apostolon, and he's uh, a minister to my need. What a great description of a man of God. Brother, co-laborer, fellow soldier, messenger, and minister. This guy Epaphroditus was a combination of velvet and steel. He was lovely, and yet he was a warrior. I want to talk to the men for a second. It is possible to have this balance in your life, brothers, where you can be soft when you need to be soft and strong when you need to be strong. And like a lot of things, I think, in life, I watch men kind of maybe go one way or the other. You know, it was said of Abraham Lincoln that he was a combination of velvet and steel. He knew when to be soft and he knew when he had to be strong. And he had to make some tough decisions, many of which he made from his knees because it was too much for him. And I, and I would just say to all of you who 
uh, you know, all of you men, and, and if, uh, speaking, you know, thinking of husbands too, we, we've got to be a good combination of this. You take the three names together. Paul means humble or little. Timothy means honoring God. And Epaphroditus means lovely or charming. And you have a great kind of coming together of aspects of what it means to serve God well. You walk in humility, you walk in honor, and you try to be a lovely and charming man or woman of God. Now this Epaphroditus, here's what we know about him. He was longing for y'all, for the Philippian church, and was distressed. He was full of heaviness because you, the church, had heard that he was sick. Now here's what happened. Epaphroditus volunteered to take a long journey from Philippi to Rome to bring a financial gift to the Apostle Paul. Remember, the Philippian church was the only church that had helped Paul multiple times with a financial offering. So think about it this way. The church was gathered like we are right now, and someone said something like this. Paul's in prison. He has needs. Let's take an offering, and we're going to get it to Paul to make sure he's taken care of. After all, he's responsible for planning the church. We love him, etc. They took a financial offering and they said, do we have a volunteer to bring it to Rome to Paul? And I would imagine that not a lot of hands shot up because before there were planes, trains, and automobiles, it was an 800-mile trip from Philippi to Rome and it would take you probably six weeks. You were either going to walk it or you're going to have some sort of beast to carry you. And the travel in those days was arduous. It included rivers, robbers, uh, the threat of disease. All of the above occurred. And Epaphroditus said, here I am, send me. You've been listening to Joy and Honor in Serving, Part 2 on Walk in Truth. That's Pastor Michael's teaching in Philippians 2, 17 through 30. And if you missed any part of today's program, you could listen to Walk in Truth on our free Living Truth app or wherever you get your podcasts. Walk in Truth is on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Player FM, and many more. Subscribe for free to hear Pastor Michael's teaching in more books of the Bible. Now, our Living Truth app is the one with the red logo with pillars. With our app, you could learn more about Living Truth Christian Fellowship, the church behind Walk in Truth, where Pastor Michael serves as senior pastor. If you're local to Southern California, the app gives updates and information about upcoming Bible studies, free events, and services, both for you and your kids, like this year's Vacation Bible School, which is coming up in a couple weeks. If you live outside Southern California, you can still benefit from our free Living Truth app. You can listen or watch Pastor Michael's previous teachings in Philippians, or you can contact the church if you have any questions or comments. Download the free Living Truth app in your app store. Now here's Pastor Michael with a final word before we go. Well, maybe you say to yourself, you know what? I'm not sure I really believe in miracles. (laughs) Well, you know what? I get it. We live in a cold, hard world, and there's a lot of ugly things that happen. And, you know, um... It doesn't take long for a a day or two or a week to go by where we hear some bad news story. But we have good news to share in a bad news world. And the good news is that there is a God who made everything and that the ultimate miracle, if you will, is the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
And that resurrection of Jesus is the most provable event in antiquity for those who have even looked at it from a legal evidence uh, perspective, like a court of law. So miracles happen. They are miracles by definition, so they don't happen perhaps, you know, uh, they're not a dime a dozen, if you will. But God is a God of miracles. And salvation is a miracle. Eternal life is a miracle. And, you know, uh, we have a brand new grand uh, daughter who's um, just about 10 months old now. She is a miracle. Life is a miracle. New life in Christ. So uh, maybe looking a little bit more for miracles, understanding uh, God's work in your life is a blessed miracle. And, you know, God does show up and break even uh, into the natural laws, if you will, uh, to do miracles. But ultimately, remember, he's going to restore everything back. The ultimate miracle is the resurrection, but that anticipates a resurrection of everything, a renewal, new bodies, no more curse. It's all coming. And so we hold on by faith and we walk by faith. Hey, if you, we can help you in any way, reach out to us at walkintruth.com. You can send us a message through the website. You can send prayer requests. It's walkintruth.com. This is Pastor Michael. We'll see you right here for part three tomorrow. And remember, Walk in Truth is a listener-supported ministry. Your financial partnership helps us broadcast on this station, provide the podcast for free, and it helps us do our free apologetic events too please consider becoming a monthly partner of at least $20 a month. You can donate at walkintruth.com. And join us tomorrow for part three of Pastor Michael's teaching in Philippians 2, 17 through 30, called Joy and Honor in Serving. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth, where it's our goal to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.